I'm Pig Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? And today, Dallas Mavericks basketball is back. Even if in a limited capacity, it was just preseason. But the Mavericks kicked off uh, the 2023-2024 uh, inaugural uh, NBA season um, by playing in Abu Dhabi um, at 11 a.m. today versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, of course, a matinee affair here for us, but... I honestly think it was a night game over there, if I'm pretty sure, or the evening game at the uh, good old Etihad Arena. And I definitely triggered a few listeners by saying that wrong, but it's okay. You got to get, you know, I'm trying, I'm still trying to get my uh, enunciation down. And me and Jaren have been out of the game for a few weeks. We'll address that after the intro. Um, but uh, for any of you guys uh, obviously listening, we are excited to get into this one today. Obviously, there is a lot to unravel. Uh, but at the same time, conversely, there isn't sort of just the nature of these these preseason games. You know, there's a lot of, you know, sort of surface level stuff that's uh, that that we can, you know, acknowledge, you know, happened. And, you know, we can sort of base opinions off of it. But at the end of the day, it is only the first preseason game. So you, you can't be, you know, too preemptive and trying to take too much away uh, when, the, you know, it literally um is has only been one game it would just be unfair to the to the Mavericks players and not it would not be constructive criticism it would just be um it'd be unfair criticism Darren. so um you know we we don't want to promote any of that um you know sort of a sort of fanning you know obviously anybody can fan how they want but the mainstream mouse podcast um you know we abide by um antitrust laws we are very fair and you know we we don't skew um we don't skew corporations um and that's what we do that is pretty much what we do yeah. but we got a lot more on the agenda honestly because um what is it two and a half or three weeks so we'll cover all that but um yeah i mean we'll definitely have an emphasis on the game because of course basketball is finally back and i'm very excited and i know you are will yes no most definitely it's uh it's been quite a uh, a while and there's been just a lot of speculative articles that i've had to write that i'm just yeah. <laughs> basing off of my um you know basically the offseason knowledge that has been granted to me uh by the what you know what the mavericks have done this offseason in terms of their signings and their trades and who they drafted but i mean there really has not been a lot you know of other content um to dive into other than you know the the simple transactions that were made there just wasn't you know, a lot of intriguing um, storylines in, in terms of what was coming out, you know, the summer, barring maybe, you know, the the, the rookies development. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit, you know, especially with, you know, Olivier Maxens Prosper and Derek Lively II. Um, they obviously are generating a lot, of, a lot of buzz at Mavericks training camp. And, you know, they apparently progressed a lot just from when they were playing in Las Vegas Summer League um, to the start of training camp. So, you know, outside of that, there just really wasn't a lot of prevailing storylines um, throughout the summer. Um, so, I mean, it, it's nice to just actually have 
you know, something that's tangible that we can look at and and talk about um, and, you know, not just going off, um, you know, pure speculative nonsense. So that that's something I'm very excited about. But um, Darren, do you have anything else before we get into the intro? Um, honestly, not really. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, we're happy to be back, of course. Uh, I think from here on out, moving forward, I know we'll talk about this a little further uh, in a second, but I, I know moving forward, um, the the podcast will be back in full form. Um, we will, not that we weren't covering content because we definitely were with the whole writing stuff, but uh, we'll be back on the mic on a regular basis. We'll say that. So Yes. Dual threat. Dual just threat. Like, yeah. uh, just like Desmond Ritter. All there right. we go. Um, I don't know about yeah, that. He's got the legs, but I, don't I, I, I just, I just had to throw that one out there just to <laughs> trigger the Cowboy fans on the podcast. But uh, no, I mean that's, you know, I, I do think that we do have a shot at the Super Bowl this year. But uh, if do the Mavericks have test this shot? Week. Do the Mavericks have a shot at the NBA title? You'll find out right after the break. Here is an ad from our sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. All right, guys. So before we get into the Mavericks, one hundred to eleven to ninety nine loss to the. Minnesota Timberwolves in their first preseason game in Abu Dhabi. Jaron and I are going to address our absence, our sabbatical, if you will, over the last uh, couple weeks. We've obviously, uh, you know, still been keeping up with the team uh, very steadily, um, as you will see during this podcast. It's not like our knowledge just fell off a cliff or anything. Um, But we have obviously uh, took on a bigger role over at the Smoking Cuban um, with writing and you know, that has obviously collided a little bit with some other things that have happened, you know, both respectively in each of our personal lives. And, you know, I know last time, and I think even like one week before that, we said that, hey, you know, we're not gonna, you know, be on any BS, you know, from here on out, we're gonna, you know, be on our shit with the podcast and all that sort of stuff. And so for the guy, for the people that listen uh, on a, you know, a decent basis, and you actually, um, you know, listen to our podcasts uh, frequently when they come out. Um, We do really apologize um, for, for the sort of lapse here. Um, You know, I do, you know, I will say as much that, you know, the break that we've kind of had over the last like two or three weeks um, has, was not by design, obviously. And, um, and, you know, I I wouldn't say also that it was completely in our control either. Uh, There were a lot of other outside factors that were um, sort of interfering with it. Um, But, you know, things have been resolved and we are excited to uh, move forward and, you know, go full-fledged with the season. You know, luckily, uh, things were uh, kind of came into fruition for us um, in terms of, you know, being able to record again right before the season. And, you know, even if they didn't, I think that uh, we would be too stubborn as to, you know, not record once the season started. After what we built up, you know, in our first year with you guys last year. And we're, you know, we're looking to really regain our following here and uh, and and build forward because, you know, we were kind of popping towards the end of last season and, you know, th- you know, throughout our absence and our Twitter being taken down, obviously I'm sure we lost a little bit of our listener base, but nonetheless um, I think that we're going to grow into something, you know, special as a podcast this year. So um, that's all I really have to say as far as, uh, you know, looking forward and uh, looking back. Uh, do you have anything else, Jaron, on our support? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just to follow up with what you said between, you know, not trying to make any excuses for the both of us, but between school, uh, writing now, personal lives, uh, work, you know, it, it has been a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I do think we're going to put real effort into uh, trying to work in the podcast 
heck, I mean, maybe even an everyday basis moving forward. We have some plans, of course, some big plans for the podcast moving forward um, that y'all will, of course, be a part of. But yeah, I mean, moving forward, you know, there really is no excuse, like we said, but um, we have some big things planned. And look, I mean, you know, we weren't totally out of the loop in terms of um, NBA sort of, uh, you know, events happening, large events happening. And of course, uh, things surrounding the team, we were not kind of, you know, out of the loop of. So, yeah, I mean, between that, the Damian Lillard stuff, the Drew Holiday stuff, Media Day now, um, and pretty much everything in between. Uh, I know we'll cover this a little bit, but Buddy Heald rumors, all of that, you know, we did cover over at the Smoking Cuban. So if you do keep up with us on our Twitters or anything, um, you would see that, you know, we were hard at work uh, per se. But um, I, I do have a big announcement for, uh, I guess, y'all rather. Um, me and Will will be attending the first game of the season. Not the home opener, but the first game of the season against the San Antonio Spurs. This will be our first traveling NBA game. So we're looking forward to covering that. Um, but I mean, I actually did go to one traveling NBA game. Uh, you went to the Oklahoma City Thunder, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, not not, not for the not for the Mavericks, but I did go to a traveling NBA game. Yes. This will be my first. Uh, oh, yes. Might not be my last this year, actually. I but no, I've never first. seen the Mavs play on the road. And that's what I'm really excited about. I mean, obviously you know, the anticipation just from a non-Mass fan perspective of this game, you know, it has all the aura, all the appeal, you know, when Bamiyama's debut, um, absolutely, it could be something that, you know, we're looking back at 20 years from now and, uh, you know, really uh, savoring and um, just appreciating that, you know, the fact that we got to attend. So definitely really um, excited for that. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. It also, um you know, I'm, I'm feeling like it's just a very volatile type of game, uh, just the way it's staged. <laughs> it's like, you know, either, you know, Victor Wimbamyama is going to come in and score like 35 in his first game and, you know, set the um, set the tone, uh, you know, as a, as a generational superstar going forward. Or, you know, I, I think that he comes in and, you know, goes for like two for 11, emblematic of his his summer league debut, uh, summer league debut against the Hornets where he got dunked on by Kai Jones and everything. Um, you know, Mavericks got some high flyers. You never, Derek Jones Jr. could get a could get a look at him in the short roll. You never know. So I, I think um, uh, I think Wimby will be eager to block some shots. So uh, yeah, D Live might be able to get one of those. But we'll yeah, see. So. no, but yeah, my main point being is just I think it's going to be a fun game. And you know, the reason I said that is just like I feel like with these um sort of type type of games, um especially like you know a rookie a crazy rookie debut or you know something that's just it's a rate when it's a regular season sort of matchup the the hype is really built up for it either um just absolutely um you know pales in comparison to what it should have been and you know just ends up you know being terrible or uh it ends up cashing in like you know a couple years ago i remember when zion uh hit like six threes in his debut and i was watching that live and that was nuts because i don't even think he's hit six three cents so um, you know, uh, you know, I actually listen, I think that there's a funny stat that he's only shot five or seven more threes, um, in his what extra four years that are, even though he's only played like 150 games or something like that, but yeah, he's only shot five more threes than his That's debut. crazy. I thought he at least would like take some corner threes or something. No, it was, it was yeah. something like five or seven or somewhere around there. I do know that. So, wow. That's, that's wild. Um, but anyhow, anyhow, enough of that, uh, off topic banter, obviously, um, you know, let's go ahead and talk about this game. And then after that, um, we're going to get into, you know, some of the offseason rumors and stuff that we missed and, 
you know, some of the buzz that was leading up to media day and training camp. Uh, we'll sort of dissect that after that. But Jan- uh, Jaron, uh, getting into this game, obviously um, the Mavericks uh, got off to a very slow start um, shooting wise, for, you know, both beyond the arc and seemingly anywhere else where they shot the ball um, in the first half. Um, you know, to kick off the 2023-24 season, you know, even though it is preseason. Um, you know, the, there was really no positives in that first half, uh, you know, outside of um, the sort of chemistry and the uh, the defense um, that I thought was being, you know, sort of catalyzed between Luka Doncic and uh, Derek Lively a second there for a brief moment. Um, but more specifically, obviously, you know, Luka um, was really the only – um, you know, beacon of light within that first half for the Mavericks and uh, the, the off season, I mean, the, the offense rather um, just sort of came to a stalemate for whatever reason. I mean, I thought Minnesota did a, a fairly good job at, you know, containing dribble penetration um, and, and making the Mavericks, you know, shoot. Uh, it, it didn't seem like the Mavericks were getting near as much at the rim as the Timberwolves were. Um, but I mean, the Mavericks honestly didn't really have like, that terrible of looks either uh you know Luca and Kyrie obviously draw a lot of attention the Timberwolves were trapping on the wings and uh they were you know doing a good job of um you know probing and and trying to to trying to get the ball away once once the second defender uh came over so I mean it it really just came down to the guys missing open looks and you know obviously you have you know two rookies out there I feel like everybody you know has some jitters there's going to be some hesitancy it's the first preseason game um, you know, outside of that, you know, the, those veterans who have been there and done that and, you know, could care less about the exhibition uh, game, you know, a, a lot of these guys, um, and of course, also want to make a new impression. You know, it's their first first time uh, in Dallas for some of these newcomers like Grant Williams and stuff. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of layers, a lot of different excuses that you can um, sort of put into a blender and, um, you know, unravel as to why the Mavericks, you know, had such a sluggish start to the game. Um, but you know, we can't overanalyze it too much. It is just one preseason game, like I said. Um, so Jaron, I mean, what were your thoughts on the first half and the slow shooting start by the Mavericks? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, I mean, I would say, you know, obviously a lot of possessions were um pretty disappointing. You know, I, I think again, again, you know, it's a first preseason game, you can't really judge much, but I I mean, look, like some of the possessions were pretty disappointing in terms of, you know, just getting off to right shots, um, finding open looks, um, or just, you know, working the offensive set, you know, simply be it. Some of those matches just weren't really found. And, you know, guys were either checking up bad shots. Um, I know Luca got in and especially Kyrie for that matter. uh, They got into some pretty tough shots. Uh, You know, simply put it, Minnesota had honestly a fairly good defensive night uh, or, you know, matinee or day. I don't know how you want to phrase it because it was night over there. But yeah, I mean, you know, simply put it like, Minnesota made it tough on the offense, but even still, you know, there was that, you know, first game jitters, like we just said, and the Mavericks got some open looks, you know, of course, nothing really fell until that second quarter really, really, uh, where Grant Williams went on that uh, two shots or a two three pointer streak or whatever you want to call it, where he knocked down back to back three pointers. Um, Outside of that, you know, there wasn't really anything too exciting from that first half. There was a Derek Lively block. And then I think what maybe less than a minute later there was a Derek Lively lob from a Luca pass that was thrown down very you know ferociously. 
Yeah, but, didn't Luca snake the pick and roll in that position? Yeah, Luca snaked the pick and roll, and honestly, Derek Lively did a really good job yeah, of yeah. finding the pocket. Uh, that was um, I was really happy with that because they talked about that in um, you know some of the media day uh, press conferences. I can't remember exactly who said it, whether it was Jay Kidd or maybe it was a radio appearance. But uh, I know that you know the Mavericks are you know are, and Lively more specifically, they're they're putting a big emphasis on um, you know his screening and you know him trying to uh you know read and react to different situations you know basically uh based on upon you know what the ball the you know the ball handler is doing and you know you have to be able to uh essentially you know know what type of screen know what type of role you're going to kind of do um you know just kind of based on the guy's footwork sometimes and that's obviously a hard skill to acquire um you know you got to have really good chemistry and you have to be in lockstep with the um, you know, obviously the guy, um, that is handling the ball in that instance. So, um, that was definitely something I was happy about with that play, but there were also a lot of other instances, um, you know, where he was also kind of out of position on offense too. So, you know, we, we definitely got the, the full Derek Lively experience today. Yeah. And, you know, to add to that a little bit, I think it was a possession with Kyrie Irving where Derek Lively had to switch his screen. I think he was originally on the left side. Uh, Kyrie switched his dribble and, uh, pretty quickly, Derek Lively switched that screen to the right side. I think it led to the Kyrie only point. I can't remember if it was a like a fadeaway uh, jumper or if it was like a, a floater off the glass. I can't really remember how he scored, but I do believe that it was that possession. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, that ability to kind of switch on the screen and not just that, but set a good screen. You know, I honestly felt like I saw a lot better screen setting from Derek Lively than we did in Summer League. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, I, I, he, he, I, I will say this much. I think now he's at least making contact. Now it's just he's making like, contact exactly. Yeah, he's not it, it, it is just a little like it's like a little just like pseudo shoulder bump, but yeah, you no, know, it is no, I, it is it is better because he's so big that like you know when he does interfere with somebody, it's obvi- it's obviously going to draw their attention at least a little bit. You know, he's not, you know, he's obviously not you know Tyson Chandler yet, but he's not like you know just running into a a can of feathers. So uh, no, exactly. you know that that much is uh, definitely definitely helpful, but um, you know to speak on on the legacy of our our lord and savior dwight powell um you know because i only i only say this because i saw it on twitter um he did have a play uh where he on that luca and one where luca like threw it up basically um oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah those are actually dwight, dwight powell's you know advanced level screen setting as a veteran uh you know rim roller um was on full display he set uh two screens on that possession rescreened for luca at the last moment and uh it was what gave Luca the space to get that shot off. So hey, look, uh, you know, you know, the white power might be a great screen mentor for Derek Lively because based off that one play alone. So. What 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 else can he mentor for Derek Lively inside um, the ball, Jaren? You know, if Derek Lively wants to get savvy with it, he wants to get good at selling a foul. Except hopefully he gets called for fouls this time. Or oh, gets, getting hit in the head. Calls. Yeah, he yeah getting hit in the head. That's what I was trying yeah. to get at. <laughs> so, Derek, Derek Lively. But outside of that. Uh-huh um shooting one token three-pointer every 30 games there you go no yeah Dwight had his one his his one in preseason today Uh, but uh I I think the worst part about that is I honestly think I probably do have a a little bit more faith in Dwight's shot than I do Derek Lively's at this stage right now yeah Um, I I mean Dwight dude Dwight was like stroking it at one point well I'm not in April uh back in like April no it was like 20 yeah he he was shooting like three threes a game bro no and he was like he was stroking it like yeah it was picking a strap foul 
<laughs> but uh, I guess PPP went away, didn't it? So no, I did. He tore his Achilles, yeah. and that was the end of it. So. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it's funny because like now, now he he's relegated to being strictly a rim roller. You'd think that you know him tearing his Achilles would be the you know the the sort of you know spark to go off in his head or the, the light bulb, if you will, uh, to be like, oh, you know, maybe I should start expanding my game. I'm on the wrong side of thirty. You know, shoot a little bit more, but no, it's just full fledged balls to the wall. I'm gonna get a concussion. So. That's, yeah. a, that's how it goes uh but was uh, it he, he had a mark on his back already like it was a pretty bad scratch i believe ooh. um on like the back of his shoulder and i was like in the first like quarter and i was like yeah that's dwight power right there he's like yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a battler right there that is about and dwight and yeah. luca garza had a, a scratch over his eye hey and it was a physical game for a preseason yeah. game. i know so. yeah, they were getting after it um now yeah, but nonetheless um to speak on dwight powell just since we're on the on the subject already I'm not going to go too in depth, but I mean, he did play uh, some of the worst defense that I've seen in recent memory. And uh, I do, I, I, it's funny because I said that sentence and I just remember saying that, that sentence like 80 times on the podcast last season. We, we love the Mavericks. But, uh, to quote Zach Lowe and honestly, many other Mavericks fans, Dwight Powell is the cockroach of the NBA. Um, <laughs> Wait, did he actually say that? <laughs> yeah, he said that. <laughs> It's like the most true statement I've ever heard. Like what? What? Like okay. I'll well, because upon it. uh, so uh, I, I don't know. He did offseason coverage. Was talking about the Mavericks, and he was like, "Look, you know, who's going to be the Mavericks starting center?" And you know, all eyes are kind of hinting before. This is before all the J yeah. Kid stuff came out about D Live and stuff. Uh, but all eyes were kind of on Dwight Powell at that time, and he was like, "Look, like you know, Mavericks fans don't really like this guy, and yet again, he's going to find himself as the starting center." for what like three years now uh so uh, i mean that says something he's he's defining he's defining pretty much every nba i don't know how to phrase it but he's defining everything really and i mean you can't blame he is is defined defined the odds i mean we obviously know you know dwight powell is the ultimate um you know source you know statute of um you know a high character guy in the community um uh, you know, obviously involved with a lot of things off the court. He's a great leader of the organization. You know, I'll, I'll feed you all the, you know, all the propaganda uh, that you Dwight Powell stands want to hear out there. Right. Um, but um, in terms of his role going forward, um, you know, that's definitely something that we're going to be monitoring. And I think yeah. one of the biggest prevailing storylines as we head forward from the end of training camp um, and the end of preseason um, is going to be, um is going to be the Mavericks starting center rotation and you know who ends up you know getting uh th- that starting center position and you know who ends up you know as the backup and who ends up um you know in that last spot um just in terms of how Jason Kidd uh sort of ran with the lineups today it doesn't really seem like the Mavericks are going to go with Maxi at the five you know obviously they can do it in spot minutes um but I feel like you know, at least in their head, they think that they have, you know, between Lively, Holmes, and Powell, um, maybe, you know, they're at least going to probably try to get by with running those three three guys at the five and and then nobody else. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see if their hand is ever forced to go small, um, you know, because it, it's going to be really just predicated upon, um, you know, if, if Holmes is good enough, or, you know, if, if Lively, you know, really does take a step here and, you know, today was, um, you know, sort of just a, a, a deviation from the mean in terms of where he's really at. 
So that that's going to be um, obviously one of the biggest things, you know, going forward. And, you know, definitely something that I was keeping a close eye on in this game. Um, just between all the centers, Jaron, uh, how, how do you think all of them played today? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I think the big headliner was, of course, Derek Lively. Um, you know, he had some flashes, I would say, of, you know, promise. I, I, I'll leave it at that. But overall, you know, I don't think he played the best basketball. Um, me and you were pointing this out during the game, but at times he was kind of often time or oftentimes he was caught uh, just out of position on defense, really, uh, which led to his four fouls. I, I believe it was only four. I don't think he get a, uh, got a fifth. Yeah, he never uh, went after that. Yeah, but it led to four early fouls, really. Um, and, you know, in preseason, it's not like summer league. You don't have 10 fouls. You have six as a regular notice. So, um, you know, outside of just some, you know, rookie moments, I, I really honestly didn't mind him. Uh, but still, you know, I, I don't think we've seen enough, obviously. Uh, and then, of course, to Dwight Powell's no, you know, really not the best basketball ever played. Honestly, at times it didn't didn't even feel like he's on the court. Um, I don't really I'm not even sure if he had any offensive production. I don't think he had any points. Maybe he had a lob, but that was about it. Or, no, yeah, actually, he had, free throws. he had free throws. I do know that. And he did have uh, a, uh, there was one look off pass uh, by by Josh Green where he drew two. Defenders. Oh, yeah, that's Pump right. Take the pass midair and then threw it to Powell. That is right. That was a very that was one of the better plays. Yeah, it was a very savvy move. Yeah. And then. I'm going to be honest. I was very surprised by Rashawn Holmes. I felt like he came in there. I don't know if it was because he's playing the second unit of the Timberwolves, but he came in there. He was playing really, really good. Yeah. Um, whether it was with his, you know, traditional push shot, um, even on defense, he had a steal kind of, honestly, it was an easy steal. I won't lie. Um, but, or an easy rebound. Yeah, he had a block too, right? Um, yeah. He had a block as well. Like yeah, defensively, he, he looked pretty good. Yeah. He was very active. His feet were he's, very active. And there was one play, one possession, I believe Nas Reed was trying to go up with like, a left-handed layup where he extended his arm fully. He was trying to like get it over uh, the backside of him before he could even like rise up with it. He slapped it down, went off his leg, and the ball went the other way. And that was another yeah. good play. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about him uh, today. Uh, if you guys want to go check out me and Jaren's post-game articles up on the Smoking Cuban, we both have a uh, post-game article up each. Um, but I did three studs and two duds and uh, for the Mavericks um, game today. And I wrote – I might get a little bit of flack from Mavericks fans because I know everybody was really excited about how Jaden Hardy played, and uh, I didn't put it put him on there. Just oh, come on, how can you not? <laughs> no, I I got the I put I okay. Here, 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 hear me out. Hear me out. I put um, Rashawn Holmes, Luca, and Josh Green. Uh, I like that. I because I, 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 I mean, if I I obviously wanted to put Hardy in there, and I mean he had don't get me wrong, he's in between game today. And his ability to, you know, get defenders on his hip and rise up in that mid-range area was really impressive to me. And I probably thought he played pretty savvy from a playmaking perspective too. You know, he had that yeah. one lob, uh, I believe, too. Very uh, nice Powell. lob too. Yeah, that was the that was the pal to Dwight, and uh, <laughs> to Dwight, no, that that lob to Dwight, and uh, <laughs> and uh, he, you know, I mean, he, you know, had that one pass to Josh in transition. Like, you know, he was running. Things looked good with him, and I really loved his offensive process. I didn't see anything really negatively defending. You know, from a defensive perspective. Um, the only reason um, I, I didn't include him is just because, I mean, he didn't have really the most efficient shooting performance when I looked back at the box score. Um, I definitely, you know, noticed that he probably chucked up a few threes there at the end, you know, when he was getting some run there in the second half. But, I mean, I mean, he was right there in contention to be included. I just wanted to highlight, you know, how Rashawn Holmes played because, you know, like you said, Jaron, I was very surprised about that. There wasn't really as much of a shock factor, I guess, you know, with Hardy and um, – you know, I, I wrote about him and, you know, Rashawn Holmes, you know, he uh, he looks really big out there. 
Um, that was one of the things I said in my article is, um, you know, he's obviously dealt with a lot um, off the court the the last couple seasons uh, in Sacramento and just in terms of, you know, not, you know, really having much of a role at all, um, being buried as the third center in that rotation behind, you know, DeMontis Sabonis and Alex Lynn. And, you know, they obviously, you know, play a much different play style than Holmes is accustomed to. Um, a lot more back to the basket stuff with both of those guys. Um, so, you know, from, from that perspective, um, you know, I, I thought I was, I was really happy for him that he had such a, um, good debut and he, you know, and obviously didn't really get a ton of minutes today, nor did anybody. I mean, the high man in minutes today was Jaden Hardy with 20, um, and everybody else played under 20 minutes. Um, but you know, in his limited minutes, you know, he looked, um, really serviceable. He was holding down the dunker spot and he was, you know, anytime that there was, uh, the Mavericks were able to get some dribble penetration. You know, he had his hands ready uh, to receive a pass and go up. And, um, you know, defensively, um, he he was just very stout. Um, I mean, like I said, like he looked, uh, you know, big, but in a muscular sense, like he um, almost looks like he put on maybe a little bit of size from Sacramento, but it doesn't look like it's, you know, affecting him athletically or anything. I mean, he, he did look like a beast out there um, in his, in his uh, short stint. So I was uh, really happy about that. Obviously, you know, due to his, you know, lack of length and, and height, he's not going to be the, you know, the, the coveted rim protector that, that we are looking for. I'm not trying to to stage that, you know, Rashawn Holmes is the long-term solution at center. Right. Um, but, um, you know, in terms of the three bigs that played today, and obviously I really did like, you know, certain bits and pieces of what I saw from lively. Um, but there were obviously, you know, just as you pointed out, Jaron, um, you know, a lot of, you know, rookie woes as well. Um, I would say that Holmes probably did the best out of the uh, three centers today. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely would agree with that statement. I know this podcast kind of all over the place, at least with this section. But uh, to add one more guy to that list, I was very surprised with Dante Exum. Um, I felt like he played a very overall great game. I think uh, defensively, I'm not sure if he registered any stats, but I, I feel like he had a very good defensive game. I mean, as he should, he came into the league as a very defensive-minded guy. Uh, and, you know, he kind of proved it. But to add to that, too, I, I was kind of surprised by this. I, you know, of course, never really watched him and his time in Utah, Cleveland and wherever else he was. Uh, but uh, I felt like his pace of play was really high compared to some others. I don't know if he came into uh, he pushes the ball camp. upon getting yeah, a rebound yeah. anytime. And exactly in his, media, in his media day presser, he talked about that, about, yeah. you know, like when he's out there, he does want to put an emphasis on, you know, playing fast. And that's, you know, an element that. Well, you know, obviously Jason Kidd's talked about, you know, the Mavericks wanted to play fast more this year. And, you know, you know, specifically in the half court, I thought that they were getting into their possessions um, or not, not the possessions rather, but their actions a little bit faster. I thought Luca was doing a better job at just initiating things. And I didn't really see any, you know, you know, panting, you know, on the other end on defense, like he, he was getting back and you you can definitely see the stamina that he, he accrued from, uh, you know, training, um, you know, his, his regiment. Um, and, you know, before the FIBA uh, World Cup and, you know, then obviously, you know, staying in game shape and, you know, basically playing almost every day throughout, you know, late August and early September. Um, it, it's definitely paying dividends out there. Um, but obviously the Mavericks, you know, have a you know plethora uh, of guys that have that ability to get out in transition. And, you know, they they did get uh, I think they only had 10 fast break points today. Um, obviously, Minnesota kind of ran ran the table in terms of all of those sort of ancillary categories, like fast break points, second chance points, um, points in the paint. They, they kind of ran the stampede on the Mavericks. Um, and, 
you know, that obviously, you know, Minnesota, uh, they did play their starters for a lot longer. So you can credit them to that. But, um, you know, going forward, um, the Mavericks with with Josh Green and and, and Exum out there, with especially with their chemistry, um, and, you know, playing together on the Australian national team. You know, I think, you know, when you get some of those lineups out there, um, especially with, you know, how Luca and Kyrie can, you know, have the ability to outlet pass. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, once the Mavericks, you know, can generate some more turnovers, uh, they can get going fast on the other end. But we just didn't really see them generate a lot of turnovers today. Um, you know, I, I thought that they everybody on the team today, like, you know, in terms of a, a team defensive analysis, I thought that, um, you know, everybody did a, a relatively decent job instead, you know, in terms of staying in front of their man and, you know, not giving up dribble penetration, you know, probably except for Dwight Powell. Um, but there weren't a lot, there, there wasn't that, you know, th- there wasn't that extra aspect of the defense where, um, you know, guys were, you know, flying around, you know, picking out passing lanes, um, you know, were constantly trying to, you know, strip the guy at the point of attack. There just weren't, what wasn't a whole lot of that, you know, obviously uh, the, the few times that, you know, there was something like that. Uh, I remember like when Dante Exum, um, you know, he, you know, I think they were running, I can't remember who he's defending, but uh, they were running like one of his guys off a curl off and uh, there was a bounce pass and he got to it and, you know, possession went like quickly down the other way. Ball was pushed. Obviously that one fast break where, um, you know, Jaden Hardy uh, picked, I think it was like McLaughlin at the point of attack or whatever. Yeah, I believe and so. Yeah. They, yeah. And then they, and then he got to, uh, to Josh and, you know, that was a dunk. And, you know, we, we need more of that. So obviously, you know, I, I thought, you know, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of lapses, a lot of, you know, defensive installs that they're just not getting yet. But um, I'm sure as they get more comfortable within their scheme, uh, you know, the, the Mavericks, you know, personnel in terms of, you know, the length and the athleticism they have on defense, they have the ability to get out and transition um, and, you know, make, you know, turn offense into defense. No, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I mean, to add to that, to like, you know, do you want to talk about one, maybe two more guys that I feel like, we haven't talked about Josh Green enough because, again, you know, he is he was in your uh, three studs list. And then also Kyrie Irving. I don't know if you put him on the duds list. I don't know if yeah. you put him on the duds Also, list. I mean, I think we should talk about Grant Williams, too, because, I mean. Oh, great. Yeah, Grant Williams yeah. is his first game. So, obviously, um, I mean, we can quickly cover go- those guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Green, honestly, I felt like he played pretty well coming off the bench. I mean, it's a big year for him. Uh, you know, of course, contract extensions, those add to that as well. Uh, but also, you know, coming into his fourth year, I feel like it's a big prove it year for Josh Green. You know, what is he going to be in this league? Uh, it's kind of the big question right now. And I feel like he's going to have to be the one to answer that uh, this season, really. And uh, coming off the bench, I feel like he did prove a lot, at least as, as much as you can for a preseason game. Pushed the tempo a little bit, had some nice buckets here and there, had that one one on one dribble where he took um, who, who was it? He took uh, Kyle, yeah, Anderson. Kyle Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. He took Kyle Anderson off the dribble uh, and got that easy blow by layup I believe it was and then also had that one-on-one with Gobert where he got that easy jump shot and I I mean look like those are all very impressive to me he also had that very savvy pass to Dwight as we previously mentioned uh which we've come to accustomed to seeing you know a a flashy pass here and there from Josh but that was definitely one of the more uh one of the better ones that we've seen in a while so yeah I mean you know as far as Josh Green goes I felt like defensively he played pretty solid if his role is to come off the bench I mean I know uh, I know Jason Kidd talked about you know, Tim Hardaway being the sixth man. Honestly, though, like I, I feel like Josh is well deserving of that six man spot if he is to come off the bench. I personally, I don't think he's a, a guy that should come off the bench. I think he's a starter in my eyes. 
Uh, but look, you know, if that is if that is his role to start the year, I think that he should very well fill in that six man type role for the Mavericks. Um, he looked like it today, or he looked like he was coming off the bench today, filling in that six man role. Uh, and he did honestly a very good job. You know, I'm not going to take too much away because again, it is just the first preseason game. I don't think any of these rotations are really going to matter come 20 days from now. But I think I saw a lot of positives out of Josh. Is there anything that you want to add to that, or you know, you want to no, transition? I mean, he, yeah, I thought you did a great job summarizing how he plays. But I mean, only thing I would say is like, you know, going forward, um, I, I I do agree with you that I I think he will start. Um, you know, especially if you know he you know, has, you know, took even another step offensively in the summer. I mean, it's just hard to leave a guy that adds so much, uh, you know, dynamism uh, to, to both sides of the ball in terms of being able to defend, um, you know, guards and, you know, more quick-footed wings um, and, you know, also being able to, um, you know, be a spot-up shooter, um, you know, and take guys off the dribble. I mean, it would, he'd just be too good to not pair with Luca and Kyrie. And, I mean, I think Josh would is going to – I think he could have a ton of driving lanes this year um, just based on the pressure that Luca and Kyrie, um, you know, draw us when they're all three out there together. I mean, I, I think that the Mavericks could um, get him going downhill uh, quite a bit. And, you know, even if they try to bring a help defender over, um, Josh is, you know, savvy enough to to make that pass to the to – the, you know, whoever's probing in the dunker spot. And um, he, he's one of the few guys that, um, you know, if he did really, you know, work on tightening his handle, um, just looking a little bit more fluid uh, as a ball handler and a playmaker, um, you know, and a shot creator this offseason, um, I, I would expect big things from him. But, you know, looking at some of the other guys, um, you know, obviously I'm not taking away a ton because, you know, nobody really played much. You know, Kyrie, you know, he just – he wasn't being like too entirely aggressive out there. He was just trying to get his teammates involved. You know, this is like year 13 of him playing in the NBA. I, you know, doubt that, you know, he's emptying the tank in the preseason. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to fault him for that. He is a long road ahead of him. He's trying to play a lot of games this year. You know, he, he talked about some of the more incentivized based things in his contract um, in terms of, you know, playing games that, that he wanted to negotiate with his agency and his, um, his agents, you know, his, his sister, Chitalia Irving. So um, obviously, um, you know, he, he's uber motivated to to play a lot this year after, you know, the variety of sort of off the court factors, you know, in tandem with injuries have um, definitely derailed um, the amount of games that he could have potentially played, you know, uh, the last few seasons in Brooklyn. So I'm very excited about that. It was good to hear. Um, obviously, the NBA tightened up on, um, you know, resting rules and restrictions and things of that nature. But, um, you know, as, as long as players health isn't you know getting sacrificed too adversely I do think it's a it's a pretty good thing and I think the players are happy about it too so uh that's that's obviously um good but I mean with in terms of Kyrie you know he he had a few uh you know really good you know pull up you know fadeaway jumpers in the mid-range area um got to his spots very seamlessly when he wanted to um and he you know as Jaron alluded to he took a few um shots that were definitely more on the uh plane of you know I'm trying to see how good of a shot I can hit uh but <laughs> Um, you know, I'm sure he'll obviously uh, be a lot smarter with his shot selection, you know, come the come the regular season stuff. Um, so I mean, I'm not taking really too much away from him. I thought Grant Williams in his Mavericks debut, you know, obviously two of six from outside. Um, that, but, uh, you know, I thought the process was really good. He was he was getting open a lot, surprisingly. And I mean, he is a good shooter. Uh, shot 39.5% from three last year, I believe. Um, so I'm 
you know, Grant Williams, you know, came in, you know, knocked down those two threes, obviously. But I mean, defensively, you you saw the the the, the impact almost immediately. Uh, he was able to switch between, you know, threes and, you know, fives. Um, he had a uh, he had a help side uh, block, I believe it was on Nas. The first Reed. wedgie. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was on a Nas Reed, yes. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it was on Nas Reed um, that, I mean, he he really wasn't even involved within the defensive rotation of that play. Uh, he was just sort of kind of freelancing um, his, you know, obviously his man wasn't going to get the ball and he just came out of nowhere uh, from the weak side and blocked it. And I mean, that was, it's like stuff like that, you know, you, we, the Mavericks did not have a guy that would just do that out of nowhere last year. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, Grant Williams, um, his ability, you know, the, despite how big he is, you know, being, you know, 240, 245, you know, m- you know, big dude, he, he's, he moves laterally just very sound and he's extremely disciplined. Um, always keeps his hands down on defense, um, you know, between switching, you know, onto on a bigger guy like cat, he has the, uh, the strength to be able to not let him, you know, to not get bullied. Um, and then, you know, even on quicker footed wings, you know, I thought he did a pretty decent job staying with them today. I was really impressed uh, with just how stout and how well he stayed in front of his man. I mean, he's a, I, you know, I didn't obviously realize just how good of a defender um, he is. And, you know, obviously the, the offensive game, you know, outside of his three point shooting uh, definitely, you know, he, you know, I, he obviously has a lot of room for improvement. I don't know how much improvement he'll make in that area. Granted, you know, he is kind of 24, but um, you know, if he can make some strides um, there, I mean, he, he's going to be um, a very underrated pickup for the Mavericks. And um, that's, you know, coming from me um, and, you know, a lot of other Mavs fans who would probably say, you know, for the time being that, uh, the pickup was definitely overrated within the the Mavericks fans, um, you know, sort of sphere, just because it was, you know, their only marquee, you know, sort of free agent signing, um, you know, above uh, a minimum contract. Um, but um, you know that that's not really emblematic of you know the how how good of an off off season they had. So I'm not going to unfairly persecute them from that standpoint. But no, I mean Grant, he did play, um, you know, just very you know, well-rounded basketball on both sides of the ball. And he's, he's a very savvy, just team guy, you know, he's, you know, setting a lot of off ball screens, doing a lot of dirty work that, you know, people aren't necessarily seeing when they, um, you know, unless you're watching him specifically um, on TV. So, I mean, you know, I was, you know, definitely, I enjoyed what I saw from him. Nothing like crazy impressive, obviously, but uh, I liked what I saw from him in that first half. And then, um, you know, lastly, I think, you know, if you want to talk touch up a little bit on Omax just because I know we talked about Derek a little bit, but I thought we at least talk about both rookies and then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the second half and then just move on to a couple stuff from, you know, leading up to media day that we kind of missed. Yeah. Real quickly. I do want to touch up on Grant Williams just a little bit. Um, One thing that I saw offensively that was very emblematic of what Dorian Finney-Smith would do uh, was just his ability to rotate off ball around the wings to the top of the arc, um, you know, kind of where wherever he kind of needs to be he's he's good at finding pockets within the defense in terms of being around the three-point line what i'm saying um and there was one he missed it uh but there was one where he was able to kind of probe his way to the top of the top of the arch or top of the key sorry um and he got off a very open three off of a you know pretty good little luca pass that was cross court um but look you know the only player i can really think that could do that because i know reggie was very uh, he was very static in his movements, you know, kind of just kept at the corners. Maybe he would flare out to the wing just a little bit. But Dorian, you know, he was very good at moving off ball. We never really had a guy that could shoot open threes at the top of the arc outside of Dorian. And I feel like Grant Williams is going to cover that role very well. 
defensively, you know, pretty much everything you said is how I feel. I think he was a little slow footed at times, you know, kind of just leaving his hips a little open. But again, it's first preseason games. You know, I, I can't really take too much from that. But um, to touch up on Omax just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, he looked I think both the rookies had very rookie games, I guess. Derek Lively, for, uh, in my opinion, had a very much a better game than Omax. Yes. Uh, but Omax, <laughs> Omax uh, I mean, he was kind of just uh, – I don't even know how to say it, like, without – or without just, like, Bastion. not sounding, like, basketball savvy. But, like, he just really didn't look like he knew where he was on the court. Um, on both sides of the ball. Some, what were you saying? I said, I, said, uh, I said on both sides of the ball. Yeah, on both sides of the ball, really, yeah. yeah. Uh, cause on offense, I never really saw him touch the ball. I was kind of just, I thought you know, it was, and he, he got a couple, uh, looks from the corner and, um, you know, there were a couple times yeah. that he, he attempted to like attack a close off or, or something. Of did, that. Yeah. And then but, he got it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I definitely, my first impression was that I, you know, I, I don't want to be mean, but like the baglessness, you know, like the baglessness of, you know, his, his, his dribble package and stuff like that, his ability to, you know actually take you know take the steps to get by an NBA defender I I didn't think what he was trying to do was as effective as it may have been in summer league I mean even in summer league you know guys are just getting used to the speed of play and everything like that uh there's a lot of times guys can literally just blow past each other uh because they have a quicker first step and at the NBA level uh guys have been doing this I mean they're just too vetted and experienced like they they literally can you know predict your your step almost you know at least you know at least the best of the best defenders before you make it and you know you have like a, a six nine you know all world defender and, and Jalen McDaniels you know kind of he was you know, basically no nah, yeah he was yeah, yeah. He was on his shit you know like uh, I there was at least like a, I think you know on, on Luca too Luca yeah on Luca too and I mean you know Omax, I think he had like one or two plays. He tried to attacking, he like dribble off his foot or something. He at least had like one or two turnovers. And then, you know, overall, he just even when he got he got one time where he, you know, was able to uh drive to the rim, got like right underneath the basket. He did the same thing they did in summer league. It honestly was like decently effective, but you know, he plants himself inside the restricted area. And then if you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see me right now. And he just like pump fakes like two times trying to get the defender up, but uh it didn't work too well. And um i either i can't remember if he got like a shot block or like he missed it or what but i remember he like fell down and it was just kind of a catastrophe but i mean look like i mean you know obviously i give him credit because i mean he plays his ass off like he's hustling extremely hard you can tell um that these are you know he's he's not just you know as bad as he displayed today at least i think a lot of that has to do with you know first game ever uh you know technically on the nba court um you know sort of jitters um obviously you know being in the starting lineup that probably adds another layer of nervousness stuff like that but you know you know once he calms down and you know starts you know playing within himself I think we'll see some some really good some really good things from him but you know uh, in the same vein as Lively it's just a huge uncertainty in terms of you know if he is ready to start obviously you know the the rumor circulating that with the, how impressive the rookies were heading into training camp and everything was was really promising um, but you know ba- based on today's performance I, I would definitely say he isn't um, you know, to piggyback, I guess, uh, on how he played defensively, um, as well. He, you know, I thought he did a good job, you know, as a head up defender, like when he had to defend on one-on-one scenarios and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, you know, hawking his man down, whatever, contesting shots, um, you know, just as we saw in summer league, you know, his, his defensive intangibles, um, and his, his effort and his length and everything like that is, you know, it's just simply too much to where, you know, it's not going to translate even at the NBA level those are you know that's the his you know strong suits of his game but 
um, you know, you could definitely see that there were some Ricky woes there um, with him, you know, just from a mental perspective, he lost his man off ball a few times. Um, he, he allowed um, a leakage, um, you know, just, you know, caught, got caught ball watching his guy slip back door, you know, made a 45 cut and was able to finish at the rim. So um, obviously, you know, those things, you know, he's going to have to correct in the film room and um, it, it'll just be a lot of repetition there, but um, you know, in, in his, in his debut, um, I was obviously, you know, a little bit disappointed, but, you know, I mean, at, the whole summarization of this game, essentially uh, the main theme of what we've been talking about, you know, it is just preseason, so we can't take too much away, but I mean, I really don't have like a ton of other takeaways in terms of guys that are playing within the m- main rotation. Uh, I thought Markeith Morris, you know, in his limited action, he yeah. looked in decent shape. He honestly looked a little bit more spry defensively uh, than, and, you know, just looked like, you know, he, he just looked more fluid out there than I remember him being last year. And, you know, he's had a full off season to sort of recover. Um, you know, he's dealing with some injury stuff, you know, obviously in Miami. Uh, and then when he got to Brooklyn for his like half season there or whatever. So um, I was happy. Uh, that, you know, he looked decent, but I mean, you didn't really play much, you know, obviously we talked about Hardy, but, you know, I, I give him all the praises in the world, you know, for how he played. He was running the offense to a T when he had to in the second unit. Um, I think, you know, he obviously, you know, his performance depreciated a little, as I said, you know, when the game went on, but um, I mean, he just, he, he looked really good as a shot creator today. Um, and, you know, I, I was really impressed specifically with the effect, you know, with the fact that his shot diet almost strictly became, uh, strictly came in the in-between game because you know those are the that's the next level for for him to you know really develop as a shot creator and um you know I don't even he may have had like one layup and like one three but you know he was making a point of emphasis on getting to his spots and that that's what really impressed me today but you know it's just like I'm gonna keep repeating it until you know I, I beat a dead horse but it is just one game so you know even then I'm not gonna you know start getting too preemptive in terms of you know, what his role is going to be. But I, I do think, um, I do think Hardy is, you know, that, that sort of speculation before training camp about him, you know, having a very limited role and, you know, maybe taking a step back in the rotation because of Seth Curry, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, he, he's only gotten better that, that much we can say definitively since last year, you know, just having watched him um, over the off season, the amount of work he's been putting in, you know, with AJ Lawson in the gym this summer. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I'm I'm ready for the season to start to see you know how that actually goes because personally I I just don't think that he's I don't think he's a guy that they can sort of gatekeep or, or hold back in the rotation I think you sort of have to let the reins loose a little bit on him this year uh, compared to last year yeah absolutely and you know I between him and Exum I okay I'm gonna be honest it's a little off topic I can't remember who got their absolute shit swatted out of Gobert if it was him or Exum no it was Josh, Josh Green. Green it was Josh, Josh Green. Green okay it was Josh Green. All right. anyways. Uh, yeah, but between him and Exum, I felt like I mean, he almost got it over the top of him. Like, I I wasn't disappointed in the process because, and I want to, I hate to get off topic, but I want to, um, throw back to uh, the 2022 playoffs first round series. Um, Josh Green was one on one with Rudy Gobert on the wing. Obviously, you know, it's before he had a, you know, real, um, place in the rotation, but you know, he was getting that sort of like ninth man minutes, um, that you know, Frank obviously ended up getting in the Sun series, but. Um, you know, he had had a really good game three on the road, if I remember. And, you know, I think it was like game four in Dallas or something like that. And uh, he tried attacking Gobert from the uh, from the uh, from the right corner. And uh, he tried to like, <laughs> spin move on him. And like it just like got like no verticality on a shot. Just got his absolute shit swatted by Gobert. And uh, 
you know, I was at least happy today. He he made a valiant effort. He he definitely knew what he was coming coming up yeah. for. He almost tried doing like a sort of ranging like uh I wouldn't say hook shot, but I mean he really tried to like a pseudo hook yeah, push. Yeah, yeah, sort of like he was trying to get some arc on it and like, you know, this it, it was very similar to the layup he had over Kyle Anderson uh earlier yeah. in the game. Yeah. Um but I mean you just see like, you know, bash go bear all you want for, you know, the offensive deficiencies. Uh, you know, throw in all the advanced metrics you want in terms of, um, you know, a team maybe not ever being able to win with him, uh, with, you know, them running him as a drop coverage, uh, you know, big at the five, but I mean, he, he can still block the shit out of the ball. Even, you know, he's not, he's not too old yet. So, um, you know, he's not, uh, any, any, any player under, uh, I'd say, you know, yeah, well, any player not named Luca or Kyrie, that's, you know, under six foot 10 attacking Rudy Gobert in a one-on-one scenario, you know, it's definitely going to be a questionable decision for me. No, that is very true. That is very true. But um, to go back on topic a little bit between Hardy and Exum, I feel like they both had really strong games. Um, I know we kind of already talked about both, so I won't really go into depth. Um, Will, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really watch the fourth quarter because I was writing that post-game article, but uh, in your opinion, out of the guys that were kind of pining for that last two-way roster spot, who who do you think stuck out the most? I know Joe Joe Wies, is it Wieskamp or Wisecamp? Yeah, uh, Wieskamp, Wieskamp, Wieskamp. Yeah, I know that he kind of stuck out uh, just looking at Twitter and stuff. Uh, Dexter Dennis, I do remember he had a few decent possessions on defense. Yeah, um, Jelly Walker, I know he got going a little bit. Um, outside of that, I don't really know how AJ did. I know AJ is guaranteed, of course, but I, I'm not sure how AJ did. Obviously, um, uh, like we need to preface that Mike Miles was out uh, with yes. an illness. Obviously. Um, I, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm, I feel kind of dumb for not addressing this at the beginning, but Tim Hardaway Jr. Did not play. Um, he was out. Was it, was he dealing with uh, some sort of soreness? The, I think it was a hamstring strain or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it wasn't anything like major though, right? No, it was just, yeah, he just tweaked it. I think so we'll, we'll see who, who all ends up playing. And then Derek Jones Jr. Obviously was out with an illness as well. So, you know, and, and Miles Jr. And, you know, Derek Jones Jr. case, um obviously they're just a little sick so maybe just something yeah. they they maybe got coronavirus from the camels or something out there in abu dhabi yeah, they got camel know. virus they got camel virus camel 19 <laughs> so yeah, uh, they, you know they, they, something may have happened in that scenario but you know they I, I think that they'd probably be poised to play um hopefully on saturday um yeah. but we'll have to you know see for sure obviously i don't know exactly how they're doing i'm not there with them at, in abu dhabi so um you know they they obviously didn't play, um, and Mike Miles Jr. didn't play, um, you know, just in terms of that end of the bench group. But I mean, other guys that you know, I did see, um, I thought uh, AJ Lawson, you know, he played pretty good defense. Um, he he definitely looked the, I, I might say he looked like the most you know put together guy out there for sure. Uh, once they started running with that group, you know, the he looked like the most NBA ready out of the five that I saw. Um, he he obviously didn't make a few threes, but just the way that he was moving uh, offensively, he, he he just looked like he was what he, what he knew he was doing a lot, a lot more like he was acclimated within the Maverick system, you know, knew his role. Um, I thought he played really good defense when he was in there. Um, he didn't really have, um, he, he obviously didn't have the, the fortune, you know, from, from distance and from, you know, beyond the arc that he wanted, but he did have a really good four point play uh, like right when he got in the game. Uh, that was really cool. Um, so I'm really, you know, 
excited to continue to watch his progress. You know, he continues to add strength, get more stout defensively. I should have an article coming up in the next couple of days about him. So you guys peep that the smoking Cuban one, uh, whenever I drop that. Um, so excited to write that piece. Um, but you know, he, he definitely looked, you know, decent when he was in there, even though he, uh, definitely missed a lot of threes towards the end of the fourth quarter there. Um, I mean, most of them were, you know, either back iron or in and outs. They, they weren't, they weren't like bad misses per se. So the process was there. Um, you know, Jordan, you know, Jelly Walker, if you will, uh, he did a really good job running the offense. You can see his confidence from summer league, um, is, is translated to the NBA level for sure. Um, if, if he's open, um, he, he's going to shoot it and he pushes the ball hard. He, he gets out in transition, you know, ahead of guys uh, to try to get open. Um, and, you know, there are definitely, um, some strides that he's going to need to take in the playmaking department. Um, you know, especially, and I think a lot of it, and, you know, at the NBA level, just being able to, you know, being able to see over guys in the screen and roll, um, and, and just being savvy enough to, you know, trust, you know, where a guy is, even if you, um, you know, because of his height, he's not able to see, you know, maybe, maybe an angle. And I mean, that's something that JJ Brea was like really good at. So it's not like it's impossible for a guy at his size, you know, being 5'11", but that will be something that, you know, is obviously going to be more challenging for him at this level. Um, you know, just running the pick and roll and stuff like that. He He's definitely missed some, some guys rolling. He definitely probably missed Greg Brown a couple times on uh, the short roll, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but I mean, he, he's a, he's a really, you know, he's a shot chucker, but I mean, half the time it goes in. So uh, that that's the best way I describe him. And, you know, he, he, he has a good back to him and, you know, while I say he is a shot chucker, I mean, it's not, they aren't bad shots. If he is shooting off the dribble, he does a great job creating space for himself. I mean, he has possibly, you know, I, I, I might say he has the best handles on the team outside of Kyrie. Um, so I, I remember Jaden. That's a far or me or Kyrie. yeah, Jaden and Jaden, Jaden. That's a good one. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, those, those three are definitely, um, well, obviously Kyrie's in a class of his own, his own but you know, between him and Jaden. Yeah. Like I, I would say that they're in that sort of uh, stratosphere. Um, yeah. Dexter Dennis. I, I was actually kind of impressed with him. I didn't really know what to expect. He's definitely the more like, I think the most like under the radar guy on this whole roster in terms of, uh, I feel like he's been talked about the absolute least. Um, he was announced that he was signed. So I think the first guy, uh, I mean, the second guy that the Mavericks signed to an exhibit 10, because I feel like Jelly was the first, but, um, you know, he, he knocked, he canned in a couple open threes and, you know, apparently his, you know, big thing as they kind of talked about in the broadcast and follow well, or maybe Bobby, Bobby Corolla shouted out uh, Richard Damon over there at Mavs draft on Twitter. And, you know, he's been big on uh, Dexter Dennis, um, you know, and, and his, his three point shot, developing more specifically and you know he, he came in the game and you know apparently Richard Stamen saying that you know while it didn't necessarily always go his way at Mississippi State you know the, the process and his shot mechanics Alabama, or A&M 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 Texas A&M yes I'm sorry I had to correct you on that just because I, I thought he played at Mississippi State no he went to Texas A&M uh, 100% Dexter Dennis right yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure he yeah. finished at Mississippi State last year no he went to he went to Texas A&M I can guarantee you that he was he a fifth year yeah, okay. I, I, gonna, I will put money on it. Sorry, I don't put money on it. Damn. Okay. I, yeah. Oh, he did. Let's see, Maybe, did he play at Mississippi State? No, he played. Was it Wichita State? I can't remember where he played for four years, but he played somewhere for four years, and then as a fifth year grad, went to Texas A and M. And honestly, oh, yeah, you're right. Team. I don't know why I was. I, I was. Hey, like, they're same colors. Same colors. Yeah, same colors. I guess. All right. Well, my bad on that. But anyways. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I did an article over him too, back in the summer guys. So that just shows you, 
um, how much my my mental state has deteriorated amidst all these <laughs> troubling personal problems that prevented us from doing the podcast. But uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, no, I just I just slipped my mind because of the colors for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he he played very well, and I mean, yeah, when he was at A and M, um, Richard Stamen said that you know a big point of emphasis obviously was the shot mechanics, um, you know how good they were, um, and you know despite you know his three point percentage uh, maybe being you know slightly you know just kind of average, um, you know throughout college, um, he he shot pretty well with the Magic uh, when he played for their summer league roster and. Uh, translated today and he, he played really stout defense he's got a really good frame uh he's like six five and he's not small uh he's, he's built really good um has good length and i mean he's a he's a dark horse uh, out of the guys that i watched today um in terms of you know the most likely to to make that final two-way spot or last guaranteed roster spot you know if they do anything with morris which i don't really anticipate they do um, but he is partially guaranteed so you never know um so i mean i i really liked what i saw from him today Wees camp got like the least run out of all the guys. He came in like just with a few minutes left to go, but he canned in a three and got a put back at the last minute. And he played good defense too. I mean, he was him and Dexter Dennis sort of mirrored each other in that aspect. So um, I liked what I saw from them. Greg Brown, the third, uh, he did look, you know, kind of very raw, um, especially offensively. Um, there was like one possession where he got the ball, like right at the end of the third quarter it was sort of, um, it was sort of a hot potato. Jaden Hardy just gave to him, but, and, you know, told him to shoot it because, you know, it was like uh, one second on the clock. Um, but it was like a wide open mid-range jump, jumper at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and airballed it, right? Straight airballed it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and a couple other possessions, you know, just him in the short roll. There was a couple times that he was, you know, trying to cut um, that I think the Mavericks, you know, guards could have done a better job of finding him. But, you know, there were a few times that he tried to attack and he kind of just went up into a void of nothingness, just, you know, trying to use his athleticism to – carry himself over like two defenders and you know just he just didn't have the strength to get himself over and ended up, get, ended up getting blocked um you know I thought he did an okay job at using his length on defensively he had to guard Luca Garza which uh I wouldn't say you know if he was getting rotation minutes for the Mavericks uh, or using an NBA game he probably wouldn't have to play five um because he just doesn't have the the build to do so from a strength perspective even though he is like 6'10 he's very very much you know has a huge frame for a wing from that perspective. Um, but he did a good job of keeping his hands up. And, you know, that's a guy who's, a, you know, obviously, you know, Luca Garza is a pretty strong center. I mean, he's back to the basket, you know, sort of traditional type of player. And um, he actually forced some misses in the post. And I was impressed with that. You know, he kind of did get, um, for lack of a better term, he kind of did get bitched on the glass a little bit. Um, but, you know, that, you know, that, that kind of just happens when, you know, based on the fact that he was uh, kind of playing out of position a little bit, but, I mean, the Mavericks obviously switch, you know, switched a lot. Um, so, you know, there were some lineups, you know, where Brown was out there, uh, you know, with uh, Rashawn Holmes. So, you know, he gets to play in the wing a little bit more. And I thought he looked a lot better defensively when, um, you know, because he is just uber athletic uh, being 6'10". You know, he has the ability to stay with those guys, um, you know, wings uh, pretty easily. And, you know, he's not as his, his, his lack of strength isn't as, doesn't hurt him near as much, um, you know, when he's playing three or four. So. Um, but you know, definitely not the best game from him. I wouldn't say though. Um, so I, I'm excited to see if he, you know, makes a case for himself to get that last roster spot. But currently, um, you know, despite me definitely saying that he'd probably be the lead candidate to get it, um, you know, that last two way spot, um, before preseason, uh, we're on the on the two way watch squad, uh, 25 of the way through preseason, Greg Brown's last in the rankings to get the to to get that spot, and uh, I would probably say, um. Dexter Dennis, number one right now. 
Really? And then I'd say Jelly Walker is probably number three. Number two. Joe yeah, Wieskamp, number two. And I, I strictly say that just from a positional standpoint. I think Jelly Walker will probably end up with the Mavericks organization one way or another. Hopefully, at least, because, you know, I really like him. But the Mavericks just have too many guards, I think, in my opinion, for uh, especially the way that, you know, Dennis and Wieskamp play. But, you know, we're going to have to see going forward. So um, it, that'll be an intriguing sort of battle. But I thought all those guys had some spirited minutes. I mean, the game, the Mavericks, you know, cut it down to, to an extent in that second half. They were able to sort of, you know, their, their bench group, you know, compared to the Timberwolves bench group and the Timberwolves ran some of their starters pretty late there in the third quarter, but they, they did, they, they did. They pulled them. They pulled them. Uh, they, they weren't playing them by like the end of the third quarter and stuff like that. But, you know, that's when the Mavericks actually were able to go on a run when they pulled the starters and stuff. And uh, they cut to like five, but then it sort of ballooned up to like 10 or 12 and just kind of stayed there for the rest of the game. And it was just, you know, very much like you were just watching a pickup basketball game that fourth quarter. And there was like no real, rhyme or reason to me watching it other than to you know have this little segment on the podcast about it so um i'm glad i did um but um it was a know, little it was little it, was, it was definitely the the epitome of, of exhibition and yeah. uh and uh you know definitely felt like a charity match but you know it was cool um and uh you know outside i, I don't really have another you know a lot of other takeaways i'm excited for the mavericks next game in abu dhabi yes. um but you know before we wrap up this podcast Jaren, you know uh is there anything that you want to talk about you know that, that we need to touch up on obviously we can't go too in depth you know because you know we we already kind of missed the mark to an extent but amidst our absence you know what did what do we miss leading up to training camp uh before the mavericks actually got to abu dhabi and you know started kicking off preseason yeah i mean do we want to take this from a mavericks perspective or do we want to talk about uh the whole Dame, damian lillard kind of stuff because i mean you can talk about any of those two things but uh, I guess well, I mean I, I think in terms of like the national NBA stuff we don't need to go too in depth into it but yeah I mean obviously yeah. there was a lot of player movement since we've been gone and you know there obviously was the aspect of you know if the Mavericks could maybe get involved in any of the yeah. fallout of the uh, Damian Lower trade and you know they were obviously unavailable you know unable to you know we'll we'll see if any of those pieces that have been dealt um, you know specifically to Portland you know um, with um, Robert Williams the third and uh, Malcolm Brogdon if those are going to you know those veterans are going to be made available at any time soon uh, maybe the you know trade deadline those could definitely help the Mavericks roster um, but you know as of right now it doesn't really seem like the Trailblazers are willing to deal those guys I know they both reported to training camp already um, so you know there's obviously that um, but you know from a national standpoint you know non-Maverick standpoint the shock fact fa- value with the the lower deal you know just because we do run an NBA podcast um, you know that was insane you know just the, the way that ended up materializing and you know i'm intrigued to see you know what if jimmy butler is right about this whole tampering deal with milwaukee i, I doubt but I, mean, um, I think that they have to conduct uh investigation i think in anything yeah, uh, yeah i don't I, mean, I don't think there'll be anything. i mean yeah i mean obviously that that's going to be a, a scary tandem and you know there was a I, I wrote a little bit of you know uh some Giannis speculation um just in terms of you know you know Taking a run at the rumor mill, obviously, just given, you know, some of the comments Giannis made over the summer um, in, in terms of him wanting to stay in Milwaukee and stuff like that. And I think just like literally like two or three days after I dropped my piece, Dame was traded. So, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's, you know that, that, that's, that's a scary pairing. I Luckily, they're not in the West, so we don't really have to talk about them from a records perspective. But I mean, that, that's definitely a game that Jaron and I, I don't know if we had circled to going to initially, but that we might want to definitely take a take a look at seeing this year. That'd be really fun. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I mean, that, I'm really excited for Milwaukee, though. I mean, that's going to be insanely fun. I mean, that, I don't even know exactly how it's like fully going to look. Um, but those those two guys complement each other extremely well. So 
Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, pretty much agree with everything you said. Yeah. Um, moving this to the Mavericks a little bit, just kind of, I guess, briefly covering media day. Um, it, I don't think it was as juicy as last year's media day. Last year's media I don't, day. Was, and I think that's good. And I think that's good. No, it's very good. That is very good. Like the juiciest thing yeah. we got. Outside was, of the whole little Tim Hardaway stuff, but even that yeah. I didn't feel like it, it wasn't as, um, you know, punctuated as the Christian Wood situation. It definitely felt like it was more just, you know, sort of misinterpretation because Tim, you know, has I, been, he's been a consummate professional, you know, through the off season amidst all these trade rumors and everything. Um, and, you know, I, I expect him to, you know, continue to do so just because that's the type of guy he is. But, you know, I, I will say as much that it was enough smoke uh, just in terms of, you know, him being, you know, coming into media day saying that he didn't know if he was going to be here. And, you know, then obviously, you know, Jason Kidd had a radio appearance where he said he kind of envisioned a six man role for Hardaway. And, you know, apparently had never discussed it with Tim directly, you know, according to the media day presser. But um, we'll see if it materializes in anything for the time being. But um, right now, I, I don't think it's anything too intriguing. I think the Mavericks are at least going to go into the season with Tim. But do, do you have anything more on that front? Honestly, no. Uh, the only thing that kind of does scare me a little bit is uh, the fact that Jason Kidd didn't cover it over with Tim Hardaway before saying those comments. I don't think Tim is the kind of guy to act, you know, maliciously in that stint and say, you know, hey, like, I think I'm a starter in this league. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Uh, but I mean, if he were to ever act that way, I could see that being something that comes up sooner rather than later. But, you know, that's neither there. Uh, or I don't know how to say it. here nor there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here or there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully he's playing October 7th in two days on Saturday. So hopefully he will be available. Um, I mean, outside of that, there Dallas really was listed anything. as a team that was a suitor for buddy healed, buddy healed. Yeah. Yes, I didn't know. Really obviously he has not been traded yet. So definitely continue to monitor that situation. There obviously is a, you know, redundancy there with the Mavericks log jam at garden, literally having Hardaway. So you'd expect that if that was something that, uh, presented itself, uh, you know, on the, you know, Nico Harrison's phone, uh, that he would uh, definitely be trying to, you know, include Tim Hardaway Jr. in that, potentially even expand that deal even further. But I mean, outside of that, there's just, you know, really not a whole lot. We're just going to move with our best foot forward uh, as we head into this 2023 uh, 2024 NBA season. You know, Media Day was, you know, a spectacle in itself, but it was a lot more just encouraging quotes from everybody. And, you know, I don't, I, we obviously kind of missed the coverage of it. So, it, it was really fun and I, I enjoyed media day, but we did write a lot about it. So, you know, if you really do want to get our in-depth thoughts on that, go check out a lot of the stuff that I put out for media day. I don't think Jaron was able to get too much out. because I, I was weekend. on vacation. So yes, uh, I did listen to the full yes. entire. He, he did listen to the whole thing though, no, but yeah. you know, we're going to, we're going to definitely integrate media quotes, media day quotes and stuff like that into our podcast and bring them back up. But there just wasn't a whole lot of like juicy, juicy stuff. Um, but otherwise we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast and our, uh, first comeback episode we're excited to be back on saturday after the game we're con- going to continue to go full-fledged with this make sure to follow us on twitter at mainstream 214 on apple Podcasts and spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts and of course on youtube like comment subscribe to us at the mainstream mass podcast and this has been will and jaren and we will catch you guys in the next one